you you have to show them previously real like you have to show them other realtors who've already done this um human nature is they want to buy into something they you know the work gets tough they get in there and they get really excited and this is amazing and then all of a sudden like oh this is actually really hard and this isn't as easy as i thought it was going to be and so you have to continuously build the dream but show them already realtors who have already done this and then the more that you can find other realtors who are like them in similar welcome to the freedom chasers podcast where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories successes goals and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom all right, guys, I am so fired up today to interview Carrie McMaster. This is going to be a little bit of a different one because we're going to be talking a lot about marketing. I know, obviously, we serve you guys as real estate agents and investors. And so the reason this episode is so exciting is because Kara has had a tremendous amount of success helping real estate agents scale their businesses through marketing, et cetera. She has built multiple seven-figure companies. One was a paleo meal delivery service. Then she found her niche for real estate, blew that up got recruited by a company that helped there, and then now has the scaling factor with Carrick McMaster, which we'll get into. But Kara, as always, take us into what is the craziest thing that you've seen so far with marketing for agents? So I've been doing this since 2017 for real estate agents and been through a lot of different trends that are happening online. And um, we were lucky enough to work with a really, really motivated and crazy worker um, named Christian Mortuzo in the Toronto market. And we really helped him scale up. And now he's closed over a million and a half in GCI in commissions, um, everything from his TikTok account. And it's, you know, when they say you just need one video to blow you up. And it was one video that went viral that brought in lots of people. And then since then, you know, we'll post a video <clears throat> and one video can bring in up to 45 leads off of a single video. And they're just dying to talk to Christian Mortuzo. That's the realtor that they want to work with. So we're really seeing the power in creating the connection through video. And then when you amplify that with a platform, that doesn't rely on the existing following that you have just in the content itself. It's a super powerful tool that I feel more agents just really need to be taking advantage of. And so this is TikTok. His spend to do this is probably pretty small. Like, can you give us an example of how much zero spend? spend? Zero, zero. So of course he covers, you know, we're his, his, his agency that we run the show for him, but uh, he's never spent anything on ads. And if you're willing to kind of pull the veil back behind the curtain a little bit, Give us an idea, like what is, what is the insight that you gave him? What does that look like for him to be able to have such success? So for the longest time, I would tell real estate agents, stop making content about yourselves, make more about real estate, real estate, real estate. And what we've absolutely found with a platform like TikTok and, you know, Instagram reels is starting to act very similar in his algorithm is that you do need to be making content that's actually interesting. That's not so much about real estate and is more about you and what makes you interesting so that you can create relatable content that actually entertains people. So what we'll find when we're working with somebody like Christian is that we do want to identify that 20 to 30% of that content is real estate focused, but the remaining, you know, 70% of stuff that we're making is more about you know, hacking and making more money and luxury items that he's into and the cars that he's into, because it just makes him really, really relatable. Because again, at the end of the day, when we look at real estate agents, most real estate agents have closed their deals from people that they know. And they've done all of the transactions up to date because they liked them. They trusted them. They didn't care about the brokerage. They didn't care about the branding. And that's why we're seeing more and more that video is just 
really capitalizing on capturing who they are as a person, why they serve the market, who they serve, um, and, and allowing realtors to really shake hands at scale. Um, so that's really where we guide a lot to do with Christian Wartuzo and just, you know, keeping him on point with what's on trend, watching his analytics and just diving deeper on what's working. And that's a really important piece when you're trying to use social media is that there's a lot of analytics that can tell you what's the kind of content that you need to be focusing on. So let's assume I wanted to be your client and I'm boring as all get out. Let's say I, I don't own any cool cars. I like to go to the same place, do the same thing every day you know, make the same lunch. Uh, how do I get people interested in me? So um, often more times there's more things about you than you realize where it's not boring. And there are fun things that we can do that have to do with the personality, the place that you're from, something about your background, your upbringing, the weird drink that you like to have in the mornings because you're from a country and that's just totally normal where they are. Um, so what we really do with our clients is we actually book a three-hour Zoom. Uh, we spend the first half an hour just prepping them, but the remaining two and a half hours is we'll go in with a strategy and what we want to focus on, but we actually go and we prompt them and we ask them and we dig really, really deep um, for exactly what we're looking for. If we hear something that we said that they said something interesting, we'll continue to dig deeper on, on that subject. And then what we do is we then can send it a time stamper and then organize all the footage and pull out the most, you know, most uh, riveting things that you said out of that content piece. And, and we find that that's a, you know, a really winning formula. So this obviously is super awesome. If someone's working with you, they get to have it pulled out of them. Content can take a long time. Are you guys finding, like, what are you finding the general average timeframes are for clients before they start seeing leads flowing? That's a great question. A lot of times what we see is the, um, the, the, the reels are really about blowing up. You don't want to include too many calls to actions or hashtags or selling. It's the DMs and the Instagram stories and Facebook stories where we can get a lot of the selling to come in. So we focus on when we're working with someone to grow the audience through the reels, but we want to see the Instagram and Facebook stories go up in count. Um, because that's where we do the selling and that's where the, the, the leads can come in. So it's a case by case basis. Some can blow up, you know, within a 30 day period. And that's when you have that one video that goes well. Um, but really, if you're going to hire somebody or if you're going to do this yourself, you need to be in it for the long haul. Realistically, it can take you six months up to a year. But man, if you can get to a place like Christian Mortuzo, where he built a team because he had so many leads coming in that he could pass off the buyer leads, work the high-end luxury seller leads. Um, that's a beautiful place. And then you never have to pay Zillow, Facebook, any of those lead sources, you own that. I will say the caveat to that is that as great as it is to have these audiences on these other platforms, you have to be constantly looking for opportunities to get their name, email, and phone number and get them off the platform because at any time that platform can be taken away from you. Yeah, either it shuts down or it cancels you or some some crazy thing happens. So what is, like, a lot of times as, as service providers, we try and vision for our clients where they can't see the future. What is your vision for a client when they come on board? You you have to show them previously, real like, you have to show them other realtors who have already done this. Um, human nature is they want to buy into something. They You know, the work gets tough. They get in there and they get really excited and this is amazing. And then all of a sudden 
like, oh, this is actually really hard. And this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And so you have to continuously build the dream, but show them already realtors who have already done this. And then the more that you can find other realtors who are like them in similar to age, similar to location and sex, they tend to buy in a little bit more to what that can build for them because they place a lot of doubt on some box that they think that they have to be in to to grow on TikTok when really that platform and social media as a whole is just really great at amplifying the personality and whom you are. And just same as what I was saying before is that, you know, all, all these houses that you sold was because they liked you. And and so social media just gives you a chance to really showcase your your personality. So there's a lot of ways to generate business in the real estate space. You could be a cold caller, you could be a door knocker, you could be doing open houses. This is just another lead generation strategy. A lot of lead gen strategies have a very high failure rate in any business, let alone real estate, where it's like 90 plus percent fail. What has been your, uh, like what stats have you guys seen with in your work? What's the success rate doing video as opposed to maybe these other lead gen strategies? So good question. I would say time working through what's the type of content that you need to be creating will determine how successful or not successful. Um, I've never seen a realtor who has stuck at it for over a year, not make it work and not bring in leads. Um, oftentimes, I think real estate agents, because there's so much content and there's so much coaching out there, and there's so many different versions of how you can bring in leads. They're like, oh, I'm going to do cold calling. And now I'm going to do social media. And now I'm doing door knocking. And now I'm going to try Facebook. When you really need to just focus on one channel, get that channel producing the leads. And until that channel is consistently doing it, you're not ready to bring on another channel. And you need to double down. So if you enjoy putting yourself out there and sharing experiences and sharing parts about your personality, I think video and social media is absolutely the way to go because the leads come to you. If you're a guy who likes to grunt work and you like to get your hands dirty and you like instant action on things, then you know perhaps something like door knocking and cold calling is a little bit better suited for you. But you, you consistency and sticking to it, um, even when it doesn't feel good, um, is going to be the key to success. You talk about mastering one channel or one platform. So mm -hmm. do you work with your clients? They pick, okay, YouTube or Facebook and they only do videos for that or are they still putting them on the other platforms? So we focus on the short form version and then we distribute it through all of the networks because uh, we do on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. What I will say is that we will always want the client to focus on the distribution channel being for TikTok because that's still the platform where we can see that you can literally blow up overnight, but that it should be multi-distributed all throughout the platforms. And the nice thing is, is what we've seen is that you don't have to change the content for the other platforms. You can keep the content all the same. The same piece of content content can go out that same day to all four channels. Um, we will though change up the the captions and the hashtags that go on there because there's a little bit of a different strategy that plays, but um, that short form content should be hitting, hitting all the social media platforms. So just to clarify what I'm saying as a, as the client or the consumer is exactly the same, but on your end, you just swap the visuals of how the captions are. Correct. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so six months to a year is the time frame. What, what should be the desired impact? Should like when someone's doing this, should they be thinking like, okay, I'm building something for five years from now, generally speaking, uh, how, how long, I guess, what's the longevity of these video assets that they're putting up there? 
Uh, it's a great question. The half-life that exists is quite small on, you know, it can be six, you know, it could, it's, it varies per platform, but what you really need to be looking at is more of a strategy of anybody under the age of 35 is coming to look at your social media platforms. And if they don't see content or if they can't resonate with that content, they're likely to go with a different realtor. And so as that 35 and older, like the millennials are getting older and older, but those are the ways in which they're making their decisions. So you really need to think of it as if you don't want another real estate agent taking up market space from you because you just want to throw it to the side, you're, you know, you're, you're thinking about it incorrectly. Um, so does that, does that answer your question? Totally. Let's talk about frequency. A video a day, 10 videos a day, Gary Vee, 1,000 videos a day. So it depends on where you're at with your journey. I always recommend brand new agents coming onto the platform. If you're going to do it for yourself, I say just start out. If you've never done it before, just start out with three videos per week and get into a cadence and get into understanding what consistency looks like and continuously showing up on the platform. When you start to work with somebody like me, we start our clients off at six videos per week, and then we will gear up to doing two to three videos per day. And the reason for that being is that there is a lot of content that has to be created to aggressively grow a channel. But if you take a realtor who's never done this before and you throw them in the deep end, you're like, okay, now we have to go and create all this content. It's a lot of work. They get burnt out. Um, and people need buy-in. People need people saying, hey, I saw you on TikTok. Oh my God, I saw you on YouTube. Or you see the leads coming in or you see people actually taking action. And so when you throw all that work at them and they haven't got any sort of a reward with it, they tend to just kind of want to quit. So we, we, you know, we don't want to throw them in the deep end. We want to keep them in the kiddie pool, make sure they know how to swim, and then it's go time. And so with your service, do they do the editing or it's literally just show up for the interview? We, they just show up for the interview. That's it. Like there's one thing I've learned over my, my career with working with realtors, the, the more I can have them out there, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands, the better it's going to be for, for all of us involved. So I really just want them showing up. We want to have an understanding of, you know, who it is they serve and why they serve those people and, and the types of avatars that they want to attract. But from there, we come up with exactly what to say in the first three seconds of that video. What's the meat and potatoes? What's the end call to action? Um, and then again, through that interview process, we continuously prompt them. And then we take care of everything from there. The editing, the captions, the hashtags, the, the, the distribution of all the content. Um, and then we even work the comments and the DMs for them and then send them text messages uh, when those leads come in. Wow. So you're even doing the back end uh early sales process. Yep. Very, very mm -hmm. cool. And so what led you guys to go to this model as opposed to other types of business models? So I've been marketing for realtors since 2017 and I've done everything under the sun for them. Postcards, Facebook ads, Google ads, website building, everything. Um, what we were always originally hired from the very beginning because I grew my first company through video marketing. And if I was going to be allowed into people's homes and to feed them, we had to really build that story and build that connection and do it at scale. And when I looked across the board with the clients that were able to stick with us the longest because they were truly getting the return on investment that they needed, um, it was through video. So we actually stopped completely taking on any other services and uh, we shifted to only offering short form video uh, through social media distribution. And if you wanted ads, you, you had to look elsewhere because we wanted to focus on that. Um, and that really attracted the kind of clients that we wanted to work with as well. So um, we've always been very transparent about that. Um, and it's, you know, 
it's all about that return on investment. You know, there's a, the, seeing, seeing and working with the types of calibers of clients that we have now um, and seeing when you really have somebody go all in on it for you, um, it's gone even further than I really had imagined as to the impact that we can make on a single real estate agent. So when you're talking to potential customers, like how do you phrase and, and structure in their mind, I guess, set the frame for how they think about return? Is it return on views? Is it return on dollars? At what point should they be thinking about, okay, I've now spent X with Kara. Now I should be getting that plus, plus a return. So again, it depends on the realtor that we're working with. If we're taking somebody on who's already had some success, now it's just amplifying that success and getting them to go further. When we're taking somebody on who's never gone down this road before, the first things that we want to establish them with them is the importance on brand and a presence on these places. And that if you're going to be looking for these super quick returns and paydays, then we might not be the right real estate agency for you and you might be let down. Um, from there, it's it's looking at building them up to scale. And then when a client's been with you for a long time, you can do some pretty cool metrics and figure out that every time, single time that they post a video, you know, they make a whole bunch of chunk of change, but it takes a, it takes at least a year to work with a client to really see that impact and some really good tracking to know where their leads are actually coming from. So we have to take it on as a case by case basis. We have to figure out like, why is this real estate agent trying to do this? Um, and if that agent comes into the conversation, just purely talking about leads and money, uh, we have a very quick indication. This is probably not somebody that's uh, going to be the best fit for exactly what we're doing. Love it. Now you've built multiple brands, obviously the paleo meal delivery service, the nimble agent, which I'm assuming that's this service, but then this has led to really cool other opportunities. I'd love to get into the story. Like give us the, the journey of those businesses and how those opportunities got created. Yeah. So, um, I got offered to uh, fly down to Columbia during the height of COVID through a good friend of mine. And he was like, Hey, I know this guy, he has a call center in Columbia. Um, they, they generate leads for wholesalers. Do you want to come and check it out? And I was like, yeah, like everything, you know, I'm from Toronto and Ontario. We were pretty, uh, hidden away from the world. Everything was really shut down. So I, I jumped at that chance to get out and do some traveling because it had been a while. And when we had gotten down there, I was watching these like young kids negotiate with these homeowners and getting them to agree to sell for less than 70% of what that house was worth. And I, I said to the CEO and I said, this is crazy. Like, this is so cool. And he's like, yeah, they're really good. And I said, well, what do you do with the ones that want to sell, but don't want to sell for, you know, half the price. And he said, nothing. And I was like, so you mean to tell me that you're generating like listing opportunities? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, I have a whole company. I have realtors who would just claw at an opportunity like this, you know, maybe there's something here. Um, and he, it was a really some interesting conversations because even at the time, I don't even think, you know, Scott Morris, who's the CEO of Lamassu, really even classified himself as a, an agency. And he had built the entire company purely through referrals, which I think is amazing. But when we had talked about how I grew my companies and that is through you know, things like funnels and having setters and closers and, and running Facebook ads to get lots of opportunities. I think he saw an opportunity for us to uh, come together. And, you know, a few visits later, I decided to move my entire family from Canada down to Colombia to head up the operation. And we became 50-50 business partners on the realtor side of the business. So 
that side of the business now, we guarantee 15 leads in the door every single month. Um, and our clients, they close an average of two to three deals every single month. Now, it's not a cheap service. It's definitely for, you know, sometimes we usually tend to attract larger teams and really high production agents. Um, but typically, we like to go after a real estate agent who's maxed out what they can do with their SOI, and they're really ready to move on and What's just been so cool is that I've just done a lot of lead generation strategies over the year, and I legitimately have never seen something that I can produce listings in the first 30 days that a client is working with us. Um, and I think that's key. It's key because of the money that we charge, <laughs> but it's key because real estate agents, um, they, they need something that fills their pipeline, but it actually fills a pipeline of leads who are ready to do something today. So as far as messaging, so I'm an agent investor, et cetera. So I've been in these different arenas you're talking about. When the lead comes in and they're getting pitched on selling their house at 70 cents or 50 cents on the dollar and they say no, sometimes that transition to an agent can be tough. I'd be very curious to see like, what's the messaging to get them feeling comfortable and turned over to an agent at that point? So we actually separate the the leads. It's really, really important to us that, you know, a lot of the times what we do on the investor side, a lot of times that's the investor's data. So we don't, we don't, uh, we don't piggyback off of their data. We run completely separate data for our real estate agents because investors typically want, you know, bottom market, right? Very motivated people who are in a crunch to sell today versus our real estate agents. We go after data that's median house price average. So when my agents, so the guys who work, we call them agents who, who are the callers in the office, when they call a lead, they're, they're starting off that conversation with, are you trying to sell your house? So we don't even go down that road with them um, with, in regards to, you know, repositioning them into a listings conversation. What was it like moving your family to Columbia? Uh, uh, we were scared, um, but we were very well supported. Scott and everyone at the company, you know, set us up with a private driver. They had an apartment waiting for us to move into. They got us all set up with a nanny. Um, so it wouldn't have been, it would have been a lot more chaotic if we had tried to do this on our own because no one in our family speaks Spanish. Um, we had never really even been to South America before. My family had never even been here when I was like, okay, we're going to move to Colombia," <laughs> And they were all very happy to, to do it. So um, it was chaotic, but it's been, it's been great. It, a lot of, I think Colombia really does get a bad rap um, to being unsafe because of, you know, all that stuff that we saw in the late eighties and early nineties. But um, there's a little bit of petty theft, you know, I had my cell phone stolen right out of my hands coming out of the mall one day from a guy on a motorcycle. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty safe spot. I will say that we do stick out a lot. You know, I've got my long red hair and I got two boys with super blonde hair. Um, and because where in Columbia we live, there's really no expats in this community. So a lot of people have never even left Pereira. So we're probably one of, like one of the first, they call me a gringa, um, <laughs> probably one of the first in person that they've really seen before. So, um, but for the most part, it's a pretty, pretty cool spot, very cheap place to live. Um, but the people here are beautiful and warm and it's just a, Another reminder that even though you're in a completely different place in the world, same stuff, same stuff happens. You know, people get together, they eat, they drink, they dance, they have a good time and, um, and they just want you to really enjoy their culture and their country. Have you started picking up the language? Uh, somewhat. I get away with too much because we work in an English call center. So just about 90% of the workforce speaks English and they never try to speak Spanish with me. Um, I would say my husband and my kids probably have picked it up more than, than I. What was important to you about being down there 
Uh, I, I think I had to show my business partner that I was in this for real, that I was in this a hundred percent, that I wasn't just trying to come in and build something and, you know, kind of peace out. Um, it's, uh, I think it's hard to run an in-person call center virtually. <laughs> you have to be there. You have to like, I'm on the floor. I sit around the floor with my agents and they'll come up right up and they'll be like, Hey, we just said this. I'm not sure what to say next. Or, you know, can I send this lead? Is it actually qualified? Or I got this objection. What would you say next? Um, and, you know, as great as the virtual tools that we have, like Slack and ClickUp are great, but that in-person version just doesn't replace anything. And it also sets the tone, builds leadership. You know, I've, I've helped these, these kids really embody what it is to be a true closer, not just an agent who calls leads to really figure out how do we properly do discovery methods and, you know, how do we use tonality and how do we use cadence and how do we build that rapport and connection on a phone call when you are nowhere near close to that person or really know anything about the community of where they're from. Um, and again, doing that in person just can't be replicated. So this opens up a whole new avenue of conversation, which is sales, which is a humongous passion of mine. And so you obviously have a gift of marketing, video marketing, copy, sales, and sales and copy can go together fairly well. Like, where did you learn all these skills? Um, when I started the the agency, I'd had a you know a few referral clients, but when I started running ads and trying to close realtors, which is like the hardest thing to do, I know that realtors are always getting on calls and meeting with agencies, but realtors are really, really skeptical of agencies like ours because I know a lot of them have been burnt. So I really had to hone in on my skill, on my skill set. Um, there's a couple of guys that, I'm, you know, they're more familiar in my space, maybe not so much in the real estate space, but you know, paying a lot of attention to Eli Wild. Um, I was taught by a guy named Temple Naylor. You know, of course, if, if anyone in your community is hanging out with Alex Hermosi. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you got to be listening to your own calls. You have to be listening to the recordings and you have to be following some certain frameworks and really paying attention to where are you dropping the ball? Because when you go back and listen to those calls, you'll see that that prospect gave you a golden nugget that you just did not dig deep enough. And oftentimes... You know, I do, do I, I do a lot of not only coaching in sales, but I do a lot of coaching in client success management for helping other agencies you know, manage their clients. And those two skills tend to overlap. And that is because at the end of the day, we are trying to help that person, that prospect, that client make the correct decisions to move their business forward. But in order to do that, we have to hold people accountable to the goals that they actually have set for themselves. And when they start to contradict themselves and they're now starting to make the wrong decision, the only which ways in which we can truly do that is if you do a proper discovery process and actually listen. And when somebody gives you that golden nugget, being able to dig a little bit deeper so that you can show them, hey, this is the decision that you should be making today and, and what that looks like. And so this is really helping people over, overcome their limiting beliefs, overcome like beliefs about themselves, beliefs about you, beliefs about process. What framework do you, you like to use to help people overcome belief problems? Framework overcoming belief problems. It's a good question. Um, I think that's really where I like to just kind of remind them that we can step outside of this conversation for a moment. Um, and calling them out on their BS. Oftentimes, I, uh, I've been told I'm a very aggressive person, and I definitely can bring that into sales conversations. But I'm not afraid to do that. Um, because I truly do care about that person. I full out believe that between my two real estate companies that we run, that if you come to see me today, is that you need help. 
Uh, and there's a lot of imposters out there and you're going to be seeking the help one way or another. You're going to try and get that fulfilled for you. I need to make sure that that's going to be with me. So I have to truly listen to uh, when you're telling me something that's not truly in align with what the previous information that you gave me and then remind them that, hey, I, I can take let, let's just step outside of this for a second. I'm just going to take this sales hat off and I'm going to put on the coaching hat because I've worked with hundreds of real estate agents and you just told me you wanted to close 24 deals this year. You've only closed two and you only have about two to three leads coming in every single month. If you don't work with us, where does that going to lead you towards the end of the year? So moving them through and reminding them what it is that they told you and where they're trying to go because people will start to scream, squirm, and they get out of it and they get scared. They're just scared. Just like you said, they're scared. They're going to make the wrong decisions and let themselves down and um, reminding them that, you know, you've done this more than a few times um, and, and exactly what the goals that they're trying to achieve and that they can achieve that with you. And, you know, I like to look at it as we don't want to push the prospect to making that decision. We want to wrap our arms around them and guide them towards making that decision. Yeah. And essentially it's just exposing to them the difference or the dissonance between where they want to be and what the, where their actions are taking them now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you know when is the right time to take on a client and when's the time to say, you know what, like the beliefs just aren't right. The chance of success is too low. So I actually do quite a bit from the very first moment that that person gets on the call with me. Um, if you can't be professional when you're on the phone with me, then there's a very good chance that when I go to send you your first lead, that you're going to have the same sort of interaction with that lead. And if I can't rely on you to close the deals, then you're, you're probably just not going to be with me for a very long time. And, you know, new sales are cool, but like what's cooler to me is clients that have been with me for years. And that's where a true business is built. And that's where the realtor, the client is going to get the biggest ROI for their money. So that's the first thing that I really look for. Um, and then, you know, true motivation to change their current status that they're in, because uh, it's really, really easy to close deals from referrals right? They know you, they like you, they trust you. But when you want to close anything off of the internet and no one's ever heard of you before, they just clicked on an ad or they answered a phone like from us at Lamassu, you really have to be dedicated to a good sales process with really good follow-up in order to get deals closed, which means that you need to be a, a hard worker who's going to trust in the process that this is going to work. Um, so, uh, you know, a few factors there from how they answer the phone, how they're answering our questions, how they're reacting to everything um, tells us. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm never rude about it. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing against anyone ever. It's just, hey, like, I, I'm not sure that we're going to be the best fit for each other. Um, and I'll usually be able to recommend them on to other services if I think that it works. Other things, too, is that if I see an agent who's coming in and they're just not ready, they have yet to really maximize what they can do with their SOI, I tell them to hang out there because you also want to have some money saved away in the bank. You don't want to spend your last mortgage payment on hiring a marketing service to bring you in leads, um, but you should have already maximized. You, you've already consistently doing two to three deals every single month from referrals, and now it's time to turn on another channel. What was the jury like for you to pick up these skills? I mean, was it Really easy, really straightforward. Did you have a lot of like, you know, tear-filled nights? What was the process like? 
yeah, tons of tear-filled nights, many breakdowns, many questions, what are you doing? Lots of doubting. I've had many of uh, sales conversations where that person on the other line was not very nice, said lots of mean things. But if you truly believe in the impact of what you can bring and the skill set of what you what you can, if you just continue to put the work in day in, day out, eventually it all but has to turn out. Um, so you just have to be, I always, you know, I talk to a lot of, especially agency owners. Um, and when we get into it and they, I, you know, why did you get into this? And they're like, well, I just want to make money. And I was like, well, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> you should, you should go and become a closer because if you just want to make money, then you should get into sales. Uh, because for me, I have the dying passion to create something from nothing and truly make an impact on the, the realtors and, you know, agencies that I work with. And that's the passion that drives me through those frustrating moments when you're just incredibly sad. Um, but to further on that, I have an amazing support network. I have a husband who's a stay-at-home dad who, you know, he takes care of me and the kids and has always had all the confidence in the world um, for that, as well as, you know, I have an entrepreneurial mother um, who instilled a lot in that with me. So I had a little bit of a head start than most people do, where I just had a lot of people just completely routing, rooting for me. Very, very cool. And what gave you your sense of belief that you could do it? Uh, I've been just, childhood, growing up, confidence has never been an issue for me since since I was little. It's probably to been to my detriment, and my mom was always trying to now cool me down. <laughs> but um, I think, too, when you just remember at the end of the day is that um, business is cool and business is great, but it's not the end-all, be-all, and that I'm just, I'm building that for the freedom that it supplies for our family. You know, we're, we live in Colombia in two weeks time. We're taking a two week holiday to the Galapagos islands. You know, we spent the cold Christmas holiday in Australia and we get to do really, really cool things. And that's truly why I build this and do this. So that does come with time. That didn't happen overnight where you let the massive business fails where you get slapped in the face and you fall down hard. Um, there was a time where a lot more bothered me, but you know, right now I'm being sued by some guy in the States because he's on a no call list, but he filled up my Facebook form. And I think the Kara four years ago would have been really, really stressed. But now like this version is just a, like, this is just a part of business and this is what you kind of have to go through. So, um, you know, a little bit of time helps build that confidence too. So you have now had multiple successes in business and you have the scaling factor with Kara McMaster. So tell us about that. What's, what are you up to there? So with the scaling factor, um, you know, I was invited into a coaching program, helping other agencies. And I really, really loved it because I love the fact that, you know, while I love doing real estate, one of the things that I don't like about real estate is how long the transaction can take. Um, and that inhibits the impact that I can have with a business. Um, and what I've been able to see with the scaling factor is because with real estate, you have to be so systems oriented and you have to be obsessed with leads and you have to be obsessed with the conversion of leads that it builds these fundamental skills that end up being transferred to a lot of other industries where a lot of other industries just haven't caught up. Um, and it's been really eye-opening experience, the type of impact that you can make on these businesses where, you know, it's really cool that you can generate, you know, eight, ten thousand, sometimes twenty thousand dollars a month in commission for a real estate agent. But when you start looking at those companies that do like kind of three to ten million a year, and you just start to make these same similar tweaks to their 
incoming leads and the conversion of leads, you know, now we start looking at the hundreds of thousands of impact that you can make within the first 30 days. So when we come in there, we take a look at, you know, how are the leads coming in? How, you know, what is the type of nurturing that's coming in? And with technology today, you know, we've incorporated chat GPT to ensure that there's speed to lead coming in. We have math operations built in now to their CRMs when we work with people. So if they've clicked on a video or if they visited the website, that lead gets floated up to the very top of the pile. And that was something that we discovered from working with realtors because realtors were always confused on who should I talk to today. And so with all these companies who use setters and closers, we've been really able to identify where we can make huge, huge impact um, for these mid-sized companies. And that's just been super, super exciting for us to, to, to be running with. So a new agent gets into the field. Let's say they've got a little bit of a nest egg coming from a prior W-2 job. Do they go straight into video marketing, ads, sales? It's a great question. I think you have to really look at your personality. If you're a person who's like the life of the party and you like being center stage and you like the attention and you like being in front of the camera, I say freaking go for it. Get in front of that camera. Try to make as much content as you can and learn from the content that did well. See when people you know, jump off the video, see when people watch the video twice and just let the analytics build the story and where you need to go. Uh, if you're not that guy and you have no sales experience, you got cold call because cold call is like the quickest way to teach you um, some fundamental skills on what to get better at. Um, and it's time, you know, you got to spend a lot of time pounding away at the phone. Um, and, you know, that nest egg, you, you know, some agents come out and kill it. Some agents, it takes them a year, 18 months to get their first deal done. So you need a little bit of a runway to make that happen. And it's very hard as an entrepreneur when you have uh, families and houses to pay for and you're worried about bills getting paid for. You can't, you're not as good at problem solving and being creative. Um, so it's important to keep that nest egg. But I'm a, I'm a big believer in cold calling. Just a lot of agents just don't do it because it's that grunt work. And you get slapped in the face a lot every day. Uh, but it's just a numbers game because, you know, if you can be getting two, 3% connecting into an appointment, you're gravy. Music to my ears as a fellow phone blocker. What things do you believe they should be learning while they're cold calling? Uh, the, the fundamentals of, of a script, I think, are important. You got to know exactly what to say, how to say it. You got to know the tonality. And you really can't master tonality when you're just going off the cuff. It's really, really hard to do. Uh, of course, understanding the cadence and then objection handling. You're going to get some very common objections of people like, oh, I'm just not looking to sell. I don't know where I'm going to go. Mortgage rates are so high. Why would I sell right now? Uh, and you have to be ready what to say. And you have to be able to say it with staccato. Um, and I think this is so, you know, it goes along with, you know, cadence and tonality, but I think it's so underestimated um, within phone sales itself, because if you're going to build the confidence with somebody that you have the skill set in order to help them fix the very problems that they're trying to achieve, uh, if you're thinking about the next thing that you're going to say, and you're saying lots of ums and ahs and likes, and you're stuttering on your words, it, it's going to be really hard for that prospect to believe that you can actually help them with what it is that they're trying to achieve. So practice first. Um, you know, once you start getting appointments made, uh, that's where you can start fiddling around with, you know, what you 
internalize that script with. And then, of course, on top of that, tracking. I think tracking is a, is a big part. You got to pay attention to how many dials you're making every day, how many appointments you're setting, how many deals are being done, um, and you know whether your data is actually uh, working, because <laughs> that's a first integral part of when you're doing cold calling. Totally. And so a scaling factor, you're stepping outside the boundaries of the real estate agent world to have impact mm -hmm. on companies at a much faster clip, a much bigger clip. It's a very natural progression for business owners to continually find bigger opportunities. Where do you see this leading you? That's a great question. I've been so focused within the, the real estate world. Um, we, I think we're, we're exploring a little bit more down into the software as a service uh, role um, because, you know, while they're good at building um, the, the tech for their clients, they often forget to do it for themselves, which I think is quite, quite ironic. So uh, we're really just targeting those, you know, three to 10 million sweet spot companies where we can get in, talk to somebody that we can help, and then just you know, show them and uh, make them a make them a promise that you know an offer that they can't refuse. We come in there pretty pretty happy that you know if we don't see an immediate increase in conversion, then we work for free. Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty hard offer to turn down when you can show the dollars right plain as day um, within a thirty day period. This is you mentioned Hermosi earlier. Three to ten million is a very similar number for acquisition.com. How, how would you say what you're doing is similar or different from Alex Hermosi? So Alex Ramosi has a very interesting model. He is looking to come in and acquire these uh, these agencies, or not just agency, but most, mostly online. But the way he does it is he tried to make an offer to uh, um, a coach of mine that I used to work with. Um, and he comes in and he advises, doesn't give the company any money, um, advises on what it is that they should do, gives them a little people from their team, but then he takes a really big chunk of the sales and then they pick a number that they're going to hit. And if they hit that number, you're in cahoots with Alex Ramosi for the next 10 years. So good on him. I love him. I think he's incredibly smart, but that's a, that's a, that's a tough deal for me to say yes to, because now whether you like it or not, you're, you're going to be tied to that, to that company. So uh, kudos to him and, and what he's doing. For us, this is where we see that we can make the biggest impact and you know the prices that we have to charge because I employ some incredibly smart people, but smart people are very expensive. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where the, our sweet spot comes from. And so essentially in your model, you're not asking for any equity in the company. It's just, hey, it's a good size number that's still on a pay for performance type of basis. Like, Correct. And some, 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 we will do a revenue share for mm -hmm. that first year that we're working together, but we're not looking for, you know, the next 10 year kind of uh, revenue share. So we do a little bit of revenue share, but I don't have any, any equity in that company. Yeah. And so really people, it's about 3 million in revenue where you'll start to work with them. Correct. Mm -hmm. And is the main reason that it's 3 million, because I mean, you probably have product market fit before 3 million. What's, What's the key reason for, for 3 million? Uh, there's it has to be a certain amount of leads coming in the door and a certain amount of setters and closers and actually be able to turn this in and, and turn over more deals. Um, and that's where we can see the greatest increase when you can just, you know, make increases by five, 10% into more appointments and then continue to work on the actual closing rate of that company um, is where those hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue come in in that short period of time. Um, oftentimes, too, those companies that are below that three million mark, they don't have a consistent uh, acquisition model. They'll often 
get scared when things are happening. They turn off marketing. They, you know, have a turnover of their sales staff. So that's typically why those aren't the types of companies that we typically go after. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's our sweet spot. So essentially, they're they've got enough team now where they're a lot more stable, a lot probably more prepared to handle scale, et cetera. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So given that you're continuing to level up, like what's the the long term care of vision for 10, 20 years from now? Um, I I would like to get into more of business flipping. Uh, I think it's um the when you build up a skill set of marketing and sales and systems and setters and ISAs, you can really bring a lot to more um, older style of businesses and really transform things. Um, we do have some of our own AI technology being built with another company of ours, and we're working with some developers. And there is some things that I think that'll come to light in another six months or so there. Um, but I'm just obsessed with creating companies. I love I love building something up from scratch, up from nothing, um, and just continuing to level up our skills and, and being free to travel the world and to give my kids experiences that, you know, one day they'll grow up and realize that their life is very different from <laughs> most of the kids from Canada. Um, but that's, you know, building a life by design has always been uh, my North Star. How old are your kids? Seven and four. Oh, cool. What what so far are their early perceptions of life? Um, they love they love Colombia. You know, they play soccer here. They go to violin class. They go to art class. Um, they've slowly picked up the language. Um, they're completely oblivious. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, we'll be in some places that's not the safest for us. Lots going on. Lots of people staring at us and. You know, you do have to have some wits about you here, but they're just completely oblivious, which I think is what you want. You don't want them to feel unsafe or that something could happen. Meanwhile, their parents are just like, oh, my God, <laughs> Like, would you please just hold my hand? Because, <laughs> we, you know, in, in Canada, we have this highway called the 401, which is uh, six lanes deep on each side. So 12 lanes across. And there's like an old joke that us Canadians say that, like, if you were a uh, pedestrian walking across, every single car would completely stop for you. Uh, versus here in, you know, Colombia, like you better be on point watching everything that's going on because pedestrians do not have the right of way here. So there's just a lot of stuff going on that they're completely oblivious to, um, but they absolutely love it. They talk about it all the time, how much they love living here in Colombia, which has been really cool. Amazing. And so what do you think, I'd love to get like another vision question in, like obviously you're in the video space right now. How long do you feel like we've got in this before it gets a lot more difficult to get saturated? I don't think we have that much longer before it's going to get more. Like, I think we're still in that uh, fun phase where we don't have to spend money. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to estimate probably maybe another two years that you're going to be able to use these platforms without having to pay a lot of money. But the amount of people making short form video content has just absolutely exploded over the last year. Um, it's getting harder and harder to grow on TikTok because there is so much going on there. Um, so that's why when you see these waves happening, you need to take advantage of them today. And so we've spent a lot of money on running webinars to our TikTok. And that's actually where I start the webinar is that, hey, like what I'm going to teach you today means that you have to implement it today. Because if you take the knowledge 
and then you see some local realtors blowing up and it's two years later now you want to get started you're so so far behind the eight ball but what you'll find though is that it's not the platform that you are really trying to learn. It's like the voice and how do you achieve that at scale online? Because when you understand and learn those fundamentals, when the next version of whatever this is, that's going to come about, you are going to be way ahead than the guy who's just trying to start to figure it out now. So, so many of us are obsessed with, you know, what's going on in TikTok right now and TikTok getting, you know, we had this one client, he's just closed and he called back the next day and he's like, Kara, I don't think I can do this. Like TikTok, TikTok, it sounds like it's getting banned. And I was like, listen, like <laughs> if it does, it does. But if it's not like you're still on Instagram, Facebook, it does, it does not matter. The, the point here is that you need to be putting out short form video and something is going to replace it, right? TikTok wasn't even around not that long ago. And it were the other platforms that were the cool kid and TikTok's going to be surpassed as well. You just need to be going where the attention flows. Yeah. And it's so, I'm so glad you said that too. Cause it's like one of my experiences in cold calling was the greatest thing about cold calling in my opinion is you learn what, how people think you learn their objections, you learn how to handle their objections. And so it could become a very linear process that you learn to help people. And then in this in video, essentially you're learning that more of the spoken element and who you are and your personality and how that interacts with your potential avatar. And, uh, and so the value is there, even if the platform changes. And I love that mm -hmm. message as well. So Kara, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life, your business, even your kids. Uh, for those of you out there listening, I mean, take note of this. We've got a couple years, right? Take advantage of this, get involved with video, get yourself out there. Like, like one of her clients, 1.5 million in GCI with zero spend on TikTok. That is pretty cool. Uh, so write down some things that you've learned, share it with somebody else, they can hold you accountable because freedom's acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day, before you know it, you'll be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode.